Well, hello. Welcome to the second installment of Coffee with the Health Commissioner. I am joined today by Colin Johnson. Colin is our Environmental Health Director and also our Deputy Health Commissioner. So it seemed appropriate to have you be the first official guest for um, Coffee with the Health Commissioner. So today we are going to talk a little bit about something that's very familiar to everybody in the summertime, mosquitoes and ticks. So it seemed timely. Welcome, Colin. Well, Glad thanks to have for you having here. me. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just jump right into it. Well, why are why are mosquitoes and ticks a concern for the community? Um, other than being annoying, the main reason is that both mosquitoes and ticks carry disease and can transmit disease to humans. So there's a couple. There's several different types of. I mean, ticks and mosquitoes. Diff there's different kinds, right? There's different kinds of mosquitoes. There's different kinds of ticks. Do they carry the same diseases, or do they carry different ones? They carry different ones, but um, they each um, are specific. They have kind of diseases that they're known for. Those species are specific for the species. So uh, mosquitoes um, have illnesses such as West Nile virus, lacrosse encephalitis. Um, on the ticks, primarily are Lyme disease and Rocky Mountain spotted fever um, that we deal with. Okay, because those are the kinds of the ticks that carry those diseases are the kind of ticks that we see around Ohio. Correct. Is yes. that right? Okay. That's correct. Yeah. All right. So I know that people are I know people are worried about themselves and carrying ticks on themselves. What about um, pets and animals? Yes, they can be, especially tick-borne diseases. They can latch on and they can be uh, bring them into the home where then they can, uh, you know, jump over to the human you know, companion. Yeah, because I know a lot of times people will um, take their pets out with them when they go for walks or hikes or things like that. And we always talk about things that an individual can do to protect themselves from ticks. But really, an animal doesn't really have that, have that same luxury. No, that's why we recommend when you're out with your animal, when you come in to do a quick check, uh, so that you can get that tick off before it embeds into that um, animal. Yeah, okay, all right. So um, say an individual, say a, your child or yourself, you've gone out, you've been in the yard and in like brush area or places where you may be more apt to find a tick, and you find a tick on you. Like what, what should you do? You should try to remove it um, with tweezers to pull straight out, um, and then you can contact our office. We participate with the state um, in a surveillance-basically program. Uh, we used to ship um, ticks down to the state, but now we, we purchased a camera several years ago that allows for quicker turnaround for identification of the type. And then based on the type, what we do is provide education as to what symptoms, you know, what diseases that uh, tick could possibly carry and the symptoms to look out for um, from that exposure. Um, if they have it prior to uh, embedding, then there, there's really no chance uh, to transmit the disease because it was not engorged and was not feeding on that person. So that's why it's good to look at both your animals and then your kids to remove it as soon as possible from uh, once you're done playing in the yard, the woods, the walk, stuff like that. Okay. So somebody can just bring a tick in to the health department here. Yep, correct. And uh, in our division over environmental health, um, they can bring it in. And we've actually had, if, if people have trouble getting in during um, during our hours, if they take a picture and transmit it to us, we've been able to do that as well. But 
um, with the camera that we have. If they just bring it in in a plastic bag or a vial, uh, we will take the pictures and submit those to the state for identification. All right. So they have a they have a bug specialist, right, down there. They do. We, we work with them <laughs> for, um, you know, they do also the mosquito in their, um, their lab down there um, where we, we ship our mosquitoes for identification as well. Okay. So if someone comes to the health department, they go in the, the door on the backside of the health when you're when you're when you drive into the health department there's the there's the front where the awning is and then you guys have your own entrance on the back right correct there's an entrance it's uh, labeled environmental health so you come in there and then um, you know one of the clerks will be able to assist you yeah all right that's great that's a great service that I think a, it's a it's one of those best kept secrets I think in the county so I'm glad you were talking about that that piece of it today We've been pretty busy this summer, too, and I think people um, you know, wanting to get back outside more, and, and um, we're, we're seeing an uptick, too, and that's not only in Medina, but uh, kind of statewide. Yeah, so there's ticks, but mosquitoes are another part of the program as well, the mosquito control program. So you mentioned the, the different diseases that mosquitoes have. Um, what is what is the role? What kinds of things does the health department do to help with mosquito control in the county? One of the things we do is we participate in the statewide surveillance program. Um, there are approximately 15 traps, uh, trapping locations that we have throughout the county, where we go. Well, we have interns that set traps on a weekly basis um, to try to trap as many mosquitoes or whatever mosquitoes uh, are available. We count them, we sort them, and then we ship them to the state. And the state does similar. They, they identify them for the types of mosquitoes that are present. And then they also check for West Nile virus at this time. Um, we also treat. Uh, one of the main things we do to help uh, reduce the biting mosquitoes is to treat with a larvicide. And that's typically our first thing we do in the season. We treat catch basins that hold standing water roadside ditches throughout the county, areas of standing water that we're aware of uh, that continually hold water, woodland pools. Um, so then we will go out and we put a larvicide briquette in those, and, the, and it's so that the mosquitoes do not hatch um, into adults, the biting adults at that time. Um, and we also handle nuisance complaints. Um, if somebody has either one standing water on their property and or uh, biting mosquitoes, we'll go out and try to see if there is a, a uh, breeding source, and we'll treat that. But one of the main things um, is actually education, trying to educate the community on what they what steps they can take uh, in their yard and also to um, to them and to their children to help reduce the uh, the risk of uh, getting bit by a mosquito. Yeah, you know, Medina County has a lot of ponds, a lot of pond, a lot of front yard ponds, a lot of backyard ponds. So, if a homeowner has a pond on their property, what are some things they could do to to kind of reduce the chances of that becoming like a breeding ground for mosquitoes? Basically, what they need to do is to make sure that that pond, um, kind of, most ponds have some type of like overflow that that overflow is not blocked, so that they, they kind of when the rain comes, that pond water overflows a little bit, so that the water is not stagnant. Possibly to make sure that the, the pond has uh, some type of fish species in it, uh, so there's natural predators for the mosquito larvae, and if they would, 
um, happen to see, it would be mostly by the shore in protected pockets that they're breeding. If it's moving water, then there, there will be no mosquitoes breeding. Okay, because you had mentioned the the, the um, treatment that you do in uh, catch basins and, and ditches and things like that. I didn't know if that was something appropriate for ponds at all. If it's a stagnant, like um, where a lot of times like retention ponds we'd use because they're mm -hmm. not really overflowing, especially when it's not a large enough rain, we mm -hmm. would treat those if the, the water is going to sit there for longer than seven days. So there are little dunks you can get at um, – you know, we have them at our office. There's one resin, one per resin. It's like a 13 tablet little, it's like an Alka-Seltzer. But also all of the uh, hardware stores have hmm. mosquito products that they can purchase and apply uh, on their property. Okay. And, you know, you'd mentioned, I just wanted to ask you real quick, one of the things you mentioned was um, if you had a, uh, what happens if you get a trap that has a high count in it or a West Nile um, positive trap? Is there anything special that happens with that? So if we have um, a trap that does have West Nile virus, the state will let us know. And what we do is we try to go back out and do some targeted treatment around that area to do kind of an enhanced surveillance to see if there's any breeding sources that, are, are, that we might have missed or that we were not aware of. And we would treat that with a larvicide product or an appropriate product at that time. And we would reset that trap. We would do an enhanced you know, um, frequency possibly to see um, if that's a continuous um, issue at that location. Yeah, I think people are familiar. I know I'm familiar when, when I was a kid, you know, the mosquito trucks would come spraying that chemical, you know, out into the air. And that's really not what the health department does anymore. We're really more focused on prevention and education as a way to reduce the, the pools of mosquitoes that we have in our community. That's correct. That's definitely, we have that capability in the case of an outbreak or the need, mm -hmm. but um, our first line of defense is, is always education and reduction um, from breeding sources and treating those breeding sources to help reduce the amount of adult mosquitoes. Yeah. So, um, is there information? There's a spot on our website, isn't there? That there, kind of summarizes a lot of the things that we've talked about today. Yes, there's. Uh, we have a, a specific page for the mosquitoes, and then there's another page for ticks, um, and then we also reference the Ohio Department of Health uh, website. Okay, so if you go to adinahealth.org and you select for your home, yes, and then you'll see mosquitoes are are one of the options. I think there's a picture. Of, a, of one of those little critters on there, and you can click it and get you do, to the right spot so you can see and review some of the information that we talked about today. Um, so, Colin, in, just to kind of um, close, what, what kind of concern do you have about mosquitoes? and You'd mentioned that we're seeing a little bit of a early um, inch uptick in ticks. Um, do you, what kind of concerns do you have for the county in general this summer? A lot of that's going to depend on the weather, but with it to kind of being a wet, uh, a wet spring, if it gets warm, uh, it could lead to another um, an increase in in some of the cases of West Nile virus and other mosquito-borne diseases. Um, please, and I we, we ask is uh, you know residents can take a look in their yard to help us reduce. Um, as many adult mosquitoes as possible by you know draining anything that holds water, uh, old play equipment, wheelbarrows, tarps, anything that could hold. Make sure your gutters are clean. 
Anything around your property that could help reduce um, standing water to reduce the mosquitoes would help. So everybody listening, take a little peek around your yard. I know I will today when I go home just to make sure that we don't have anything out there. And Colin, I really thank you for coming in today and, and talking about the program. And I encourage anyone listening to go ahead and go to our website and, and see the additional information that we have there for you. So thanks for listening. Well, thanks for having me. The Medina County Coffee with a Health Commissioner can be found at Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.